Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Main Green Nation podcast. Welcome to it. here um both of us mr aldo Avini, how you doing on this fine tuesday evening i'm good i'm tired i'm excited for some uh homecoming <laughs> yeah you know so uh I, I didn't usually have to you know on sundays do a little corny tweet you know uh that sundays are a little bit sweeter i didn't do that this time uh i, I just been super busy we were super busy i basically woke up we had a halloween party on uh, Saturday, right after the game, it was great. It was perfect because um, we had fun at that Halloween party. It would have sucked if that Halloween party was terrible because I would have been like, "Man, I should have just went to Bowling Green," which is not something that you often say in your life. Like, "Man, I should have <laughs> went to Bowling Green, Kentucky." Uh, but originally, I was planning to go there. I was like, "Well, you know, we're here. It's sort of nearby. The nearby is like four or five hours away. Um, you know, we can just drive there, go see the game. It should be a good time." Um, so we didn't do that because we were like, going to host a Halloween party. And, you know, so I was watching the game. We won. Right? In case you didn't know, North Texas beat Western Kentucky 40 to 13. Good times. Um, so then a Halloween party. So then, you know, we kind of stayed up late. Woke up as early at 7.34. I got a soccer game at 8, and it takes 20 minutes to get there. So it was like gathering whatever I could, my gear, <laughs> and go play a soccer game. Was I hungover? Yes, of course I was. Uh, but, you know, we won that game in the morning. You know, I played. I didn't play terribly either. I played pretty well. Uh, so, you know, all in all, a good weekend. Uh, but I, I was very tired. And, like, I, I, I came home. And because I'm old now, I got, like, one of the benefits of this place we bought is I had, like, a tub and a shower. So I was like, you know, I'm going to get in this tub. I'm going to soak uh, my aching, uh, you know, legs from playing soccer here. And, uh, and then I kind of fell asleep <laughs> in the tub, you know. So no podcast on Sunday. There's a lot of stuff was out of uh, normalcy, and then we didn't do a, a podcast Monday. So I, I know people were asking me, and that's also a sign, Aldo, that people are excited about this team again. Is because nobody's asking for a podcast after when we, when we were losing. We lost to UNLV. We lose to Memphis. Uh, there's a couple people like uh, I know you're going to talk some mess on the podcast, but that was about it. Nobody was texting. Um, but you know, yeah. I had I wasn't DMs. Even I had for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, are you gonna show up?" He's like, "Huh? Oh, I, uh, <laughs> for what? What are we talking about?" <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, you know, I got I got DMs. I got text messages uh, about like, "Hey, are you gonna do the pod? Are you gonna do the show? Uh, is it? Am I missing the feed? You're clicking for?" So, yeah, people are excited. And I just want to let you know, like, if you're listening, I, I apologize. I I don't like sending messages that say I have not. It's not there yet. It was coming. We were planning on it. We just had to schedule it. Yesterday was Halloween. You know, took the kids out. Got a lot of candy. Um, Heckle the kids. Yeah, we. You know, that? who are you? The, the cool. The cool part about having really young kids is they don't need to stay out very late, right? So you just we took a spin around the block and they got a lot of candy and they were like, "This is so much candy," and it's not that much, but it is a lot for them, you know. So, <laughs> and so I was like, "All right," you know, we stopped at the neighbors. We hung out, had a couple beers there, you know, you know, getting used to the neighborhood, and then. I was like, you guys want to stay up late and watch a scary movie? This one's called Creature from the Black Lagoon. 
Uh-oh. And they're like, oh, yeah, I want to watch Creature from the Black Magoon. Um, all right, so we watched it, and they were freaked out. It's, 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 a, it's a scary movie. It, it is a good movie. You can see it, for, but, you know, like, it's 1954. It's 2022 now, right? There's a lot of years we got a lot of... I've seen a lot of movies with better uh, special effects. It's clearly a guy in a rubber suit. But they were... It's got a creep factor, though. Yeah. You know, their little hand comes out. Dun, dun, mm-hmm. dun. Uh, and so I was doing that to them, uh, you know, like as they're going to sleep and brushing their teeth. And like, no, Daddy, no. <laughs> that was fun. They had a good time. But they, I did let them sleep in my room because like, I don't want to go back to my room. <laughs> all in all, that's what I'm saying. It's a good weekend, right? Halloween's fun, all that. And it's just like a bonus, a boost, because North Texas has a good football team once again. Yeah. Uh, on Saturday, I was planning on watching it. Um, turns out we had to go to a Halloween party as well. I was like, okay, well, I'm watching the game. And, of course... There's nothing I can do about it. She says, get in the car. I'm like, okay. And uh, But <clears throat> I was able to play it on my phone. Everybody at the party understood what was going on. You know, <laughs> He's the guy that watches the college football game. Um, and I was excited, rooting, touchdown, calling touchdown after touchdown. And so after the, the game was over, I put it away, and I was like, all right, it's time to party, guys. <laughs> and, yeah, it was, it was a good time. The, the, all the kids had fun. It was, it was a co-work, uh, wife's co-worker whole bunch of kids there so they were able to self-entertain they didn't really need me to be present uh, which begs the question did i really need to be there but uh, i won't <laughs> ask that um but so excited i was even like let's go after the party let's go eat somewhere yeah. where do you guys want to eat and they said yeah. mcdonald's and i was like all right <laughs> y'all can have mcdonald's that's a big um, deal because it, it takes a lot of a lot to get out to spend some money you know he's always like ah. for real. <clears throat> like, y'all could have picked anywhere like he has like, yeah yeah <laughs> his wallet has like three locks on it. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he has put full of receipts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look at this. We spent thirty five cents on that bubble gum you wanted. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, it, it it is a good time. Sorry, like, um, we'll recap the game. Here's what we're gonna talk about this time. There's a lot to talk about here, and we don't have a whole lot of time. I don't want to. It's not Joe Rogan podcast. We're not gonna do three hours on this one. You know what I mean, um, but we're gonna talk about West Kentucky. We'll preview FIU a little bit. We'll talk about some championship game scenarios. Folks, it's been a while since we've been talking championship game scenarios. But they're, they're in play. We'll talk about them. We have some questions. Some of them we're already going to answer, but I'll just talk about those questions in a second. Uh, I want to talk about the defense. I want to praise Seth Luttrell a little bit, praise Austin Ani a little bit, and then we'll get to some attendance. Those are some things that I want to talk about specifically and I have written down here. Uh, we'll, we'll get to some other things as they come up. Al, is there anything specific you want to get to in this? Uh... Um, I think the fact that we're talking about championship scenarios, it kind of snuck up on me. Yeah. Like, why are we talking about this? We're North Texas. <laughs> we don't have no reason to be talking about championship scenarios. And then looking back at this, the schedule, the win-loss record, I'm like, okay, all right. Then we can legit talk about this. Yeah. I, I thought it was looking too far ahead, but but the situation is there for us to control our own destiny for to use that cliche. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, so we'll get to that. Let's talk about this part, right? And I think we're going we're gonna to get to this. So some people ask some questions like, um, can we talk about the defense, right? Tejada and uh, Gaddy, the whole defense has been good. Can we talk about them? Yes, we will. We'll talk about them as it pertains to this, uh, this game. Here it goes. Western Kentucky is still a very good team. We win 40-13. to 13. That looks like, oh, maybe they're not that good. 
And there's a little bit of West Kentucky not playing well last couple weeks. They didn't score a passing touchdown versus UAB, but UAB has the number one defense in the league. Um, the way you know you look at it, West Kentucky is a good team. They faced a couple good teams that didn't play well. That's what it looks like to me. Um, you can see their quality, right? Uh, I like that way that people that soccer analysis uh, phrase that. You see their quality there. They have that Corley. He's a good dude. Um, I think too often fans will see something happen, like your team allows a pass, and you're like, oh, we suck. Can we tackle that guy? You know, they spend all week practicing, right? <laughs> they know who their good guys are. <laughs> they try to get them the ball. They scheme it up so they can get the ball. Uh, and so that's that's why I think it's important. You don't have to become a football expert. But to just get a basic understanding of what's happening so you can criticize from a smart place. You know, you're like, instead of just, we suck or we're good, just based on whether or not you won or lost. But you can kind of see the game happening. Uh, West Kentucky is very good. They scheme up some good things. Their quarterback is accurate. Uh, but I said in the, in the little preview, if you read it, he's going to throw some interceptions. They had thrown one in like six straight games or something like that, turned the ball over. Um, a thing that I was concerned about is that they were very good at making you turn the ball over. They go in there and they try to strip the ball. Um, they get interceptions. You know, they, they make some things happen. We know our team, right? We've been watching North Texas football every week. We like to give the ball away. <laughs> There's a certain guy on the team who likes to give the ball away. He's like, hey, is you, are you a safety? Here you go. <laughs> Here you go, linebacker. Um, and then, you know, you just let him return all the way. So that was a concern, right? Can we go there in a big game? Right, and this is this is a little Seth praise here. I want to call this out right now. Uh, I'm gonna write this down. 940. I'll put that in a chapter marker. Seth praise. So everybody content. And then Austin Ani praise. He did well, right? I I've been critical on this show. I think with with good reasons. Not like I've been making it up, right? Yeah, you know, I just say, yeah, I don't like that guy. Um, we said throughout his history, when it comes to big games, Seth the Trail has shown up small, right? Bowl Chokes. games. Yeah. Um, the first conference championship game of 2017. Um, I mean, if you like, you say you want to say that Louisiana Tech game at home, right in 2018, and you and I were there. We're like, we're gonna win. (laughs) Oh no, we lost. Um, that game, that UAB game, that that was that same season where we went to Alabama, Birmingham. Uh, we were up 21-3 or whatever it was, 21-10, and then we didn't score in the second half. Right? They shut us down. North Texas loses, and we had a very good team that season. I don't think we trailed for more than like 15 minutes all year until the bowl game in which they just went, you know, collapsed. So back-to-back weeks, two games, right, at UTSA, best team in the league, at West Kentucky, defending runner-up in this league, defending East champ, and played well. Went one and one and, you know, blew out one team, 40-13. to What's the, what's the spread on that? Was that 27 points, right, 27? Uh, and then 23 points, so it's 23 points total, right? We lost by four against UTSA. So in two games, our margin is plus 23. I don't think that's bad. And if you want to get real gambly about it, right? I mean, you think, well, they've, they've beaten the spread five straight games, you know? They were 10-point dogs at UTSA, lost by four. 10-point dogs at Western Kentucky, win by 27. So is that not good? Do we think that's a good job? I think that's a good. So all the praises come from coming from Adam. I just want to make that clear <laughs> for everybody. So <clears throat> whenever you write angry letters, it's yeah. going to be Adam. No, I think I think Dear they Mr. deserve. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I think they, they're deserving of the praise. Um, we've been talking about it the last several weeks, how things have improved um, scheme-wise, coaching-wise. I, I think all those things have been starting to show up. And what you and I have been talking about is that that final execution, the final connection between, you know, the the O-line blocking properly, Ani making the right pass or the right choice to throw it away. Um, we were getting unlucky or or not connecting on, on those on those plays. And I think finally in this past week, we saw it where the defense was was turning the ball over. The offense was the, the scheme was was good against Western Kentucky. It looked um it looked intentional what we were doing against Western Kentucky and we were executing. And so all those factors uh, put together, we were able to uh, soundly beat Western Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, here's the other thing, too, right? If you want to take it back, I, for whatever reason on the message board, somewhere I was like, this is the best team that we have since Graham Harrell, you know, your favorite guy. Uh, and, you know, that just, you know, just whatever. I, 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 was, I was thinking through it because I had a little time at lunch. I was like, yeah, you know, I was comparing it. You know, um, I thought the 2017 was good. And the, the reason I chose that team and not the 2018, 2018 team was because I think that team didn't accomplish much. The 2018 team, right, Lauren Easley's our starting running back, um, you know, Mason Fine. I think that was our strongest team on paper. Again, that team had Louisiana Tech beat, didn't beat them. Had UAB beat, down and out, didn't beat them. Um, you know, there was a very good team. And, you know, put up a lot of yards, a lot of numbers, and the defense is very good. Just so much good about that team. And yet, they just didn't win it, right? That's what happens, right? Uh, the 2017 team, less good. I think they had talent. They had Jeff Wilson. They're just talented in a different way, but I think they were thinner, not as experienced. But that team went to a conference championship game. So I was looking at it because, like you said, there's some conference scenarios here. So, like, we could at least play in a conference championship game. There's a lot of similarities between this team and that team, right? One, we, we lost at the presumably uh, opponent that we played, the FAU, is UTSA in this scenario. Um, and so I was just kind of comparing them. And, you know, I, I think I think that, yeah, like, we're, we're, we're a good team. This is a good team now. It's showing itself as a good team. We felt, you know, I felt that it was there, but, right, if, like, can Austin Ani step up? And, you know, we were both saying, look, Ani has shown that he ain't really the guy. He hasn't really owned this, the spot. We needed a quarterback. Uh, and our part of the criticism of, of Ani was also criticism of Seth Luttrell because he's rolling Ani out there, right? So you're picking this guy that's throwing pick sixes. And we're like, dude, come on. Uh, didn't you bring Jace Reuter in here to win a job? Didn't you bring Grant Grinnell to in here to win a job? You know? Um you're you're getting quarterbacks in here and they don't look any better. And the best one that we have, Austin Ani, is a baseball guy that's like 29 years old. Right? It's the story on him. So everybody was r- rightly, I think, felt upset because it's all entertainment product. It's like come out here and then and like the the picture, you know, you're you're watching the movie and then it, it's like off center. The the sync, the sound's not syncing up. You're like it's not working. You're like oh well, nobody believes in us that we can make a movie. I mean, make the sound sync up, man, so I could understand what's happening. That's a little bit of that there, right? I know it's kind of a tortured analogy. But my point is, I don't think it's <laughs> it's unreasonable to be like, yeah, it didn't look too good when we are throwing pick sixes against Memphis, you know what I mean? Fumbling at the goal line. We looked like a bad team. But for all that ability to notice, I'm noticing the good stuff, right? We saw better. We saw some improvement against UNLV past game. 
clicking, guys catching passes. Marquise Gumps sort of had a breakout game in that one. Against Memphis, we jumped out to an early lead. The defense was getting interceptions, right? We got a couple picks. Uh, Gaddy played well, and we saw that continuing, right? Gaddy's continued to play well. A lot of these guys uh, on Twitter are like, oh, yeah, we got to praise Gaddy. He's just amazing out there. Ridge Tejada, we've talked about it on this show. He's been balling out. He was the highest-rated uh, pass defender by Pro Football Focus uh, a couple weeks ago. He, just a lot of good. Like, I, my eyes see it. You go look at Pro Football Focus. You know, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. They saw it. It's good. Improvements happening. Mason Richards, sacking a quarterback. Phil Bennett, scheming up stuff where we're making them confused. Their quarterback, you know, in the red zone at home, you know, overthrowing a guy, just making a hopeful pass. He's looking like Austin Ani out there. Interception, North Texas. Logan Wilson, who's also played really well. Um, you know, into the conference player of the week. A lot of good stuff. That's what we want. We had the champs beat, pinned down at home, one drive away from winning the game, one half yard away from winning that game. Now, whatever happened, you know, the, the thing is, could we have played better in that game? Yes. Right. That could have been the case. I think there's room for improvement for this team. Austin Ani can definitely be better, right? He missed Jake Roberts in uh, against Western Kentucky at a crucial point in the game, right? It was like right before half. Full credit to the offense, right? Mike Blesh scheming up a play. We 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 schemed up a lot of plays. Here's, here's a criticism and, and, and uh, a knock, right? We've schemed up enough plays where we've had guys wide ass open, you know? <laughs> I'll curse a on, little bit. On multiple plays, yeah. Yeah. Enough that that when he misses it, we've missed multiple ones. I can think of, oh, he missed uh, Shorter, uh, you know, against UTSA. He missed Roberts against this one. He missed a couple against Memphis. That there's enough where we where he, he's had enough to, to mess it up, right? So criticism that Ani hasn't taken full advantage of those. Praise for us keeping that up. We got a guy wide open that we almost sometimes miss that he's hit on some other ones. Like he hit uh, a Cocker rag, Ragsdale for that touchdown. That was a great play. Uh, you know, fake the block, s- slip out. Ragsdale's wide open. Just toss it over him. Touchdown, North Texas. Easy yeah, uh, pass, pitch and catch. You're getting me excited because I rewatched the game today and I was looking at those those plays and those schemes and stuff. Yeah. And it was it came out of like four or f- and I'm talking about pass, not not run. Um, maybe four or five concepts that were the base plays of of all the plays that we ran that that weekend, just on twice plays. And we had a, a split zone. Uh, all right, so we, we were we were passing um, to uh, Roberts on the right side, where he would get nine yards. He would get a few yards. He, it's a, he just pops up, and uh, Ani would find him. And on that touchdown pass, the defense, even though they were blitzing really hard from the from the weak side, where where uh, Kaika was was coming out of, yeah. they were they were turning hard towards the pass towards Roberts. That's where they thought it was going. Yeah. So they, they, they spent all these quarters setting up this one play where he was able to slip out and, and he was able to throw a, just a flick, <laughs> flick yeah. out uh, and uh, get a pass, uh, touchdown pass, which it was exciting to watch. You set him up, you set him up. It's a boxing match. They oversold it against that pass, and, um, which leaves uh, Akaika wide, wide open. Yeah, it, so th- that's the deal. It's like when you're setting it up, it can look like you're banging your head against the wall, right? And I think um, that's kind of like the. I, here's I always remember. I think back when you know Emmett Smith was still playing. It's a long, nice time ago. But I was a kid and I was watching the game, and they did like a toss sweep to Emmett Smith, and he was kind of older at the time. 
And I remember the announcers are like, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like it's going nowhere, but we talked to the offensive coordinator, and he was like, yeah, we need that to set up some other stuff in the game. I guess. <laughs> you know, man, it seems weird. Like, Emmett Smith is not going to beat you around the edge. It did, you know, but you're doing that to set up some other play. How about we do run a play that we're good at, right? So sometimes I think coordinators can kind of get too, too clever, right? And, uh, you know, they just get in their own world. We need to run this play that's going to go nowhere so it can set up this other play. Uh, that makes sense, but then you think, you know, how about we just run some base plays that get yards, and then we'll counter that, right? Like, let's run a little little stop route right here to, to Roberts, get five yards every time. Eventually, they're going to say, you know, we're going to stop that, and then we'll get him with something else, right? That's that's how you do it. Don't pick an arbitrary play and say, it would be great to get a counter off of this. Pick a play that works. Find something that works, and then counter it off of that one. A little constraint play. Yeah, yeah, and that it was that play, and then the white cross. We were, I can probably count on both hands how many times we ran that play, and and that's just where um, uh, Gums or Roberts would they start off in the slot, they're they're split away from the line, mm-hmm. and then they just cross across, go across the field, and um, they have certain reads. Either, you know, if if the linebackers are going too far deep, and they're bracketed by the safety or something, that they'll stop. Yeah, and and Ani would find them wide open. Um, or he'll go across and then he'll um, pass it to them. To, to Gum's biggest plays, I think we're seeing those on on those white crosses. The the missed touchdown pass, I believe, was on a on a to, to J- Jake Roberts. I believe was on a cross. So that's their go to play in certain situations. So you're seeing the same plays over and over again. But again, they're scheming it up so they're setting the defense up to go for something else to bite on something else, and sometimes it works. But a lot these past few weeks, they've been working really well. Yeah, I mean, just a, a note on that. Yeah, like when you teach those stuff, right? It's not just like you just run a, a route and you just like you're on a train track. What you tell the guys is like, look, you're running, and if it's cover two, then you sit in the middle of them. If it's you know uh, single high safety, then run this way, right? Like basically, like it's your choice. Uh, you you give them rules, and so sometimes it is the receivers that like you see a quarterback throw it to nowhere. They're like. That guy's supposed to make this run. Like, you know, you're supposed to put the safeties there, and you didn't. You're, that's where you're supposed to be. Um, sometimes it happens, right? So, like, yeah, like a, sometimes you hear that called an over route, white cross. They'll teach them, like, go behind the linebackers, right, but under the safeties. But if there's nobody there, then just take it vertical and go, you know, deep, beat them deep. So you're, you make a read as you're running, uh, depending on how the defense is guarding them. So you're right. Like, sometimes it means stop and fill the hole and just sit there and wait for the ball. So the quarterback needs to know that's happening. Um, and so sometimes it's a quarterback's fault. Sometimes it's a receiver's fault. And then, you know, when you hear people say they got to get on the same page, a lot of it is that. Are we seeing the same thing? Um, you know, am I stopping? Am I going to be? Do I know where you like to run and I'm going to put it there? Or that kind of thing. This is that. Um, so I, I think you're right. Those are good points. Blush, Seth Luttrell, um, oh, the other, I can't think of his name right now. The other guy, the co-offense coordinator. I think they've done a great job of – setting up plays like you're saying that we still like you know like what are the, every week let's get Kalon Horton the ball because we know he can hit a home run all right this week how do we do it we, we've already put on film that we like to do a little jet sweep right get him going UTSA sort of bottled that up pretty well I bet you Western Kentucky had it all schemed up and they repped it in practice they like to do this jet sweep once they do that this is how we're going to guard it and then also we showed a little some constraint stuff against UTSA it's like oh fake it this way do it that way so they're ready for that well, how did we get him involved this week? 
we threw them the ball, right? Here's a here's a now screen, a little quick screen out to the side. We have our uh, a tight end, wide receivers, um, ready to block for them, sort of like we saw UTSA do to us. Um, and then also the 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 other stuff. We we just said, you know, run deep. You know, instead of staying back here, we're gonna run deep. He caught a touchdown pass, except he stepped out of bounds. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, so. That's good. That's the evolution of the offense where now we put more on. Now they have to worry about that. It used to be like, oh, he's on the field. He ain't going to run deep. He's going to be ready. Everybody alert, alert, alert. They're going to try to get him to run the ball. Now you're like, you know, he might go deep. Now you have to be honest, and it makes him more dangerous, right? That's what you want your offense to be. You want the defense reacting and sort of guessing and not knowing what you're going to do. Um, yeah. yeah, and, you know, you can, you can scheme up plays. Guys got to run a route. Let's say he's gonna run. Somebody's gonna run a, a, a hitch route, but they might not be open because he's covered. Um, and we've needed that guy to help out shorter because shorter you can just throw it up to him and and he can fight for the ball. Um, but we've been missing that Darden type of guy yeah. who is um, a playmaker that can that can do something in space. And instead yeah. of trying to just force it to him to to Horton, you know, down the field, down the sideline, yeah. which is where we've been struggling for for quite a while. Uh, especially while Shorter was out, uh, we just said, you know what? Let's just give it to him in space, whether that's the jet sweeps or the screen pass. Just let him do his thing, and and that's and it's been working. Just let him improvise because that's what he do. What he does, he's a he's a kick returner, yeah. and he can he can move around. I I I, I took a whole bunch of of clips and uh, several of Horton where he's just shaking guys. Because yeah. that's what he does, and, and he's getting instead of getting tackled after three yard gain, he's getting tackled after six yards, seven yards, and that really changes the the, the play calling and makes it a little bit easier for the other guys uh, t- to do what what they can do. All right, so I, I mean, I just want to hit a couple points more, a couple more points on the West Kentucky game, and we'll move it along a little bit quicker. Um, we held a team uh, to 13 points. Those were lowest all season, through three quarters. They were held to 14 against uh, uh, by UTSA through three quarters, but they didn't score. We shut them out in the second half. That's huge. Some of that was them. They missed a field goal, and some of that was us. We intercepted the pass. Uh, the, the, the run game sort of sprang back to life, but it's a little different right now because the pass game has opened up, and a lot of that is because they're afraid of the run game. Um, everything's, everything's on the table, right? Uh, we can throw it. We can pass it. There were still places, there's still uh, drives that died because we had a couple terrible passes. Right, that's still happening. So there's still room for improvement from from Asanani. And as we get a little bit and look forward to homecoming and FIU uh, and this plaza opening thing, I think it's important to note that right, North Texas is is better. They're good now. They're you know they've been played very good, but they're still not good enough that they just walk out there and go win. Right, everybody has to play with the same. Um, attention to detail. Seth Luttrell said they had a great practice this week. You know, they always kind of do that. But uh, I thought it was huge that they came looking ready to play. They came ready to stop them, to run the ball, go score, uh, to execute, playing hard. Um, you know, everybody knows what the game plan is. All that was good. Um, as we lo- We'll look forward to, to FIU right now. We'll kind of talk about them. Um, they are good enough to beat us, right? Was it two, three weeks ago? Uh, yeah, they, before our game against them, they played UTSA, uh, and they lost thirty to ten. Right? They were playing a lot better than they had been. They lost seventy three to nothing to this Western Kentucky team. Uh, they were playing so much better uh, than that. 
Uh, they got a lot of young dudes on there. They're sort of putting it together. Mike McIntyre is a pretty good coach. You know, they're 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 developing their improvement. They're a different team. So I think you know we're like what twenty one point favorites or something like that. Um, that, again, that's if we're playing as well as we can. And like you said, if we're getting the ball to Horton in space, if we're running the ball with rags, we're down. What Isaiah Johnson? He's sort of coming back. They don't know what's going on with Oscar Attaway. He's still hurt. I bet he's probably out for a while or something like that. He hurt his knee slash head after getting hit on that clear targeting penalty. That wasn't a penalty. Full of targeting. Yeah. Um, so FIU, what's it? I'm not going to bore you with the details about them. They're just a bunch of guys right now. Right? A bunch of guys are not going to be in a conference next season. Uh, I want to blow them out. This is a farewell tour to a lot of these teams. Uh, FIU would blow us out. They have a 5-4 lead on us, I think, all time in the Sun Belt. Let's get a win and get out of get out of playing FIU again. Uh, nobody's ever at the stadium, and nobody shows up in our stadium for them. Um, you know, like, they're better. They're better than they were. They beat Louisiana Tech. Uh, it was last week, right? It was like uh, like overtime or something like that. Uh, Louisiana Tech is kind of falling apart right now. They're starting to argue with each other, and they had a, a, a freshman quarterback plan. Um, and they beat Charlotte, right, which made them fire their coach. They're like, what, we lost the FIU? Get this guy out of here. Get Will. Will. Get out uh, yeah, I liked Will Healy. He's, I think he's, you know, he's like 37 years old. He's, he yeah, seemed like yeah. a cool guy, yeah. Um, but they didn't play any defense under him. That's a problem. And then Charlotte all of a sudden got real good and threw five touchdowns. 56 points. Uh, Reynolds threw five touchdown passes against Rice. So I don't know how good Rice is. Um, but th- there you go. There's a little brief FIU talk. Um, I don't. I mean, like we said about a lot of these teams, there's not – it really just depends. Like It's room for error, right? Some teams, any mistake you make, they will pounce on it and make you pay. Right? We talked about this. We didn't play so well to start the season against UTEP. But UTEP is not good, right? UTEP missed a pass wide open, overthrew the guy. Uh, you know, UTEP fumbled at the goal line a couple of times. UTEP was ready to give the game back to us, and they did. And we were like, okay, and then we figured it out and we scored. Um, you do that but against – go ahead. I was going to say, but we know who we are. Yeah. We're a lot better – North Texas is a lot better now than they were then. And so, one, I don't think we make as many mistakes. And then, two, we are now better able to capitalize on their mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, like, um, you know, you could see that and say there's still room for improvement there, right? We messed up. Punt the ball, right? We Two bad passes, punt the ball uh, into the first half. Uh-oh, they muffed, the, they muffed the punt, right? I don't know that, uh, like, an old version of North Texas would have done anything there. We probably just, like, ran the ball three times and then throw a terrible pass and then try to kick the field goal, probably gets blocked, right? It sort of seems what happened. Or, or go for the fourth down. Yeah, yeah, to try to prove it to ourselves. No, we didn't do it. But first play, scheme it up. Guys wide open, doesn't get it. Okay. The next play, I think I forget exactly what we did. But then we tried a little little speed option, a little rollout. Western Kentucky had it schemed up pretty well. Okay, I didn't I didn't actually hate that one. Looks like we were going that way. They were just ready for us. We tried to sneak out Roberts that way. And uh, you know, it didn't go anywhere. Ani just kinda, you know, ran. Kick a field goal. It's good. We got points, not terrible. Um, we took advantage of their thing. And then we start the second half, we have to punt. That's not good, right? You know, that's an opportunity for us. But then we stopped them, which I think was great. Uh, our defense is stepping up. We're not having to chase points. We're not having to chase, you know, those first downs. Like, like we said, there's no desperation on our offense. Uh, and it's starting to come together. And I think you can see the desperation on their side. I saw desperation on West Kentucky's side this game. And I think that, you know, that starts to flip it. Teams are like, 
we got to score because North Texas is going to score and run the ball. We got to do it. And then that makes our defense that much better, I think. Yeah, and, and I think we were able to run our offense calmed, calm and collected. Uh, where, like you said, we weren't panicking. Um, we were able to run the plays that we wanted to, to play based on the situation, which was not being down 20 points mm-hmm. um, at the half. Uh, so, so that was nice to see that. And the offensive line was able to um, keep a cl- mostly a clean pocket for, for Ani, give him plenty of time to um, make a pass. And, you know, he, he made some errors, um, still was not perfect in his, in his execution, which is where we saw, you know, him throwing the ball to, to the feet of some guys <laughs> really far away um, or, or sailing the pass. That, that's who he is. We got to understand that. I, I, I understand that that's what, what his ceiling is. Um, but the, um, you know, Blesh and, and Latrell have been able to scheme up plays in order for, and this is what we've been talking about. Give him a play where the guy's just sitting there waiting for the pass rather than uh, going down the sideline or, or going across. Um, just let him sit there so he can catch the pass, let him get into the, to the rhythm, into a rhythm, and and continue it throughout the game. And that's exactly what, what happened against UTSA. Uh, and, and that's what really, really happened against Western Kentucky. So here's a note. Like we, I think, uh, was it Cole Brown's like out for the season or something like that? He was like um, uh, helped off the field against UTSA. Uh, so he's out, right? He hasn't started. Uh, he didn't start against um, Western Kentucky. It was uh, Casey Mareka, right? Is that the other name? Um, what's going to happen? It's, it's, it's an attrition thing now. What I'm excited about, and, you know, I know we're sort of skipping ahead a little bit. Well, it's all related, right? We got to stay healthy, right? It, it's This is where the depth matters, right? We're getting other guys reps. Where Shorter's playing well. He sort of dropped off a little bit. I don't think he's playing as well as he can, but uh, he's still a threat. Um, I like that we got the ball to Macklin. I like that Kalen Horton's getting a few more reps. I like that Damon Ward Jr. had his first 100-yard uh, gain against Western. I'd like to see a few more guys down that depth chart a little bit, get some more time. Um, you know, I, I know I, I, we mentioned Johnson, uh, maybe he's coming back. Attaway might be out. So it might be a two man depth chart running back wise. And that that's fine. Cause we think they can, they can produce, but it's a lot more reps, a lot more hits for those guys. Um, you know, as we get closer to the end of the season, we're going to start losing more guys. Guys will be more banged up and maybe they're, they're out just for the rest of the game. That kind of deal. Maybe they're not out for the season, but we already lost the left tackle. Uh, this happens, right? We need the depth to show up. I would like to, you know, if we're 21-point favorites, I'd like to be up by 30 at halftime and then start getting other guys in there, right? Let's get a little more Stone Earl. Let's get a little bit uh, Grant Gunnell, you know? Let's get a little bit – let's let's see the fullness of this roster because I think that's yeah. important. And and it was fun watching Stone Earl out there, the, the offense that was being run through him because um, he clearly – you know, Ani's not the really fast guy that you can run – that kind of run option. What well, he said, they like offense. his run game, but he doesn't do it as authoritatively as Earl. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's not as fast as as him, and he was never as fast as um, uh, my favorite guy is at Kansas. <laughs> uh, Jason Bean. Jason Bean, thank you. Um, so, so you can't be as dynamic with him uh, running the ball, but I mean, you know, he can get the yards that, that he needs to get, and he'll run through a guy if he needs to. He's that kind of guy. But Stone Earl is, is a big. He looks big, imposing. He's <laughs> running the ball. And he's quick for his size. I feel, 
Um, and so it's it's exciting to my point is it's exciting to watch that go through him and seeing what kind of future we've got uh, ahead, um, whether it's next season um, after an Ani's gone or if he goes down with injury. Going back to the your point about depth. Yeah, I mean, what I like about it for now, I, I agree with a lot of those things you're saying there, is that it provides us another option, right? That it's it's like it's sort of like we di- we didn't see last couple of weeks uh, a lot of the wild wild eagle. I think some of that was that uh, Johnson was in there, but I know Ragsdale's been running that. Um, you know, the little wild eagle wasn't really in play. It was there for a little bit, but they broke out the um, the Earl package, the Stone Earl package that we hadn't seen since uh, I think it was FAU, right? Um, I I think it's good. It, it's it adds more to your attack, and I think they're you know they're obviously looking at the game plan and saying what can we do to this team. I think FIU gives you a lot of room for error, right? You don't really need to expand your playbook a little bit. You know, you can just you can just kind of hit them with the base stuff. And I expect it's going to be a little bit like the end of the Western game, where you know we just kind of lining up and just running power left to right, uh, or like you know uh, uh, counter G or something. And you know, yeah, yeah, that last just drive takes to the house. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that last drive we changed our offense and we were able to run it. Just trying to kill the, kill the clock. And it still worked, which is, which is, I was like, who, what, what is this team? Who are we? Yeah. It, that, like 20 to nothing in the second half. That's, that's winning football time. It's like first half, you, you sort of weathered the stakes, but you were up 20 to 13 on the road in a big game against a good team. That's winning stuff. And again, 2018, we, we were playing UAB. We're up 21 10 or something like that, right? Against UAB, a good team on the road in a big game, right? And then we did not score in the second half. UAB stepped up and shut us down. In this game, we shut them down. And I think that's huge, right? If you're following this whole giant narrative in the Seth Luttrell era, again, you you talk about that UAB game in 2018, you have to talk about this Western Kentucky game here in 2022. And I, for one, am happy to see it, and I want to give them full credit for that. Good stuff. Doing a little eagle flap. The the one game, yes. (laughs) Yeah, you got to take it. (laughs) You got to do it. I'll play, I'll play the fight song a little bit. <laughs> uh, I think... <laughs> sorry, I tried to make it fade. It's not, there it is. There it is. Sorry. I was not clicking the button. Um, so, all right. That's all good. I think we should beat FIU. I don't see anything on FIU squad that makes me scared of them. Other than that, they are getting improving, and they will beat you if you're not ready to play. Like again, Charlotte is—they're not a good team, and they beat them. UTSA is a good team, but UTSA was sort of looking forward. It was like on a Friday; it was raining, and they were looking forward to our, to our game. And they didn't play as hard or as well as they could. And you know, FIU kind of made some things happen, but FIU is also not that good, and so they made mistakes. And you know, UTSA had a lot of room for error, and they won thirty to ten, which is not super impressive, but that's a blowout win. Uh, it's twenty points, so. I think it's going to be very similar. And that also, again, was at FIU, uh, at you know, on Vice Night or whatever. So FIU is going to have to travel. They're going to have to come to Denton. It's going to be homecoming. This is, our, what, our fourth straight homecoming game? Third? One, two, third. Third straight uh, homecoming game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it should be a good time, right? We're going to crown somebody. I don't know how they do it anymore, right? Yeah, They're going to open the plaza, Abner Haynes, right? The, the whole deal. They're going to do some, some stuff. Uh, enjoy this stuff. What are you gonna? You plan to be in a parade or something? What are you gonna do? You know what? I don't know. Do we? 
Do we have parades? <laughs> with with the pandemic and stuff, and we haven't been doing anything. Who does what? I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Uh, here, I don't know if this means anything, but at the YMCA that I go to right here, they took down their little plastic guard for the, like the entrance. Like they don't have that anymore. The little plexiglass thing. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a sign that that I guess it's returning to normalcy. Is that they removed those things because remember they put them up. Yeah. Um, all right, so homecoming, FIU. Uh, I forget what time the game is. Like two or three p.m. I forget what it is. Something like that. Yeah. Um, twenty-one point favorites. I think North Texas should handle the business. I think that it's gonna be same stuff. Run game, and then when FIU steps up, hit them over the top with some good stuff. Uh, I expect the the normal run stuff that we've been doing. That's been getting four or five yards, or against Western, it was like seven, eight yards sometimes. Is gonna hit bigger. We should be seeing more big runs, more gashing runs, more long touchdown runs. Um, I expect, you know, one of Burns, Ward, or Shorter to be wide open over the top and beat somebody deep. And that's what we want. Yeah, I think it's it might be Horton's turn this week because last week it was Burns. This week was uh, Ward. Um, and they kept running the same passing play over and over again where Smart was open and, and he was – running loose and that crazy pass that that Ani had to the sideline uh, <laughs> where one of the guys was diving. Anyway, it was the same play over and over again. And I think the announcer even said it. it's just the same play and Western Kentucky isn't adjusting to it. So yeah. um, I think next week the safe bet is Shorter is going to have a big game again. That's I want to see him blow up again. He yeah. needs one. Uh, but Horton might, might be the one to take it on, you know, fewer passes. Yeah. Um I think, you know, like, right in the previous, like the best case scenario, worst case scenario, right? Game plan is going to be run the ball, run our offense, execute, right? And don't take them lightly. It's been two good teams in a row. And then before that, we we're trying to, you know, win everybody's affection again. Now you got everybody's attention. They're like, hey, North Texas, they're second again. You know, they're, they're actually, it's a different attitude now. Now you got to play when you can't use that, oh, everybody's against us now. People are going to be like, come on, we're going to win. They're going to have expectations. So it's a little attitude change, a little subtle one, and I think that's the next level, right? So you got to play the right way, approach it with the right attitude. Uh, and then, so best case scenario is that North Texas just executes, runs all over them, and just blows them out. Worst case is that, you know, we can't find the attitude we need, and then we can't really execute the way we want, and it's a lot closer because FIU is pretty solid. Um, you know, like in terms of like they're not a, the worst, absolute worst team in the league anymore. Um, but they're still not that good. They they have a lot of freshmen, a lot of transfers. They're building a squad. They have belief, and they'll jump on that belief. But if you kill that belief quickly, then they'll be like, "All right, we're not really made to win this game." I'm hoping the weather's good because I think I think we might struggle running the ball, like not as good as we're used to seeing, and so we're gonna have to turn to the air. Which I don't think I'm not as concerned anymore about that because yeah. uh, UTSA shut us down on the run game intentionally. Yeah. Forced us to pass, and and Ani responded. The pass game uh, yeah. receivers responded, and so um, I think we'll have a bigger day through the air than we will on the ground. Uh, Ani, I think he's what he has eight three hundred yard pass games, four in a season, including two in a row. Um, four this season, yeah, that's pretty good. Four in a season, yeah. So uh, what, what else? So, so that's FIU. Let's talk about some scenarios. Uh, I know everybody wants to talk about this. Let me mark the time. Okay, put in the chapters. All right, here here it goes. If we win, we're in. It's very simple, right? If we win all the way, uh, the rest of the way, 
we're in. Uh, I wrote this on MeanGreenNation.com. You can look. I had a little table. I actually have a little spreadsheet where I have everybody's wins and losses. And I was doing all the scenarios. It's very rudimentary, uh, and I can make it better. Where like whatever, and if I have a lot of time, and I probably won't because we got a big week this week at work. Um, I could make it where you could just go online and pick the teams you think are going to win, and then it would just spit it out and tell you the scenario. But I'm not that good right now. Um, if UTSA wins the regular season, and they win out. They're in, they win, and they, they clinch the regular season championship, which was not a thing until this season, uh, and they will host the championship game. They play UAB, Louisiana Tech, at Rice, and UTEP. They have four games. In my brain... UAB is going to be the toughest game of that. UAB, Jeff Trailer calls them the the best, um, you know, team in the conference, and I I think, in a lot of respects, UAB is. You know, they're on our schedule. They're tough. They you know they lost a heartbreaker at FAU, but I think a lot of what's what's missing on their squad is like whatever secret ingredient, maybe it was just Bill Clark, that turned them from just a tough team to a team that just came up big in big moments. Right? They're just missing that last little bit of magic because uh, they, they were always kind of like this where they played down in the competition you know they just toughed it out they had a good defense and a, a powerful run game um but you know they weren't just like fau and everybody like the way they were doing in 2017 and whatever uh the second year they won they won two championships uab is always sort of ground grinded it out right so anyway um utsa at uab this week right i'm rooting for uab we need utsa to lose Two times, right? You lose two times if you're a UTSA, then they would have two losses in the regular season. And we went out. We went out, and that UTSA loses twice. And I'm looking at their schedule. I'm thinking that's UAB. It's probably Rice because Rice is the most second most scary one. Mm-hmm. After that, it's probably what like UTEP because it's weird. But maybe even Louisiana Tech because they have an offense and they just can kind of get weird. Maybe maybe Frank Harris like pulls a little hamstring and he can't play. And then UTSA can't really score the way they want. And Louisiana Tech just throwing the ball at Smoke Harris. And you're like, oh, man, it's the win. I don't know. It, <laughs> it can happen, but. It's so probably, Rice and UAB. Yeah. I mean, but then you saw that Louisiana Tech has no defense, right? That was We put up <laughs> 475 yards rushing against them. Uh, yeah, and then, Frank Harris might have 475 rushing on his yeah, own. Yeah, it's, they, they don't play defense. Uh, but they, they're getting some guys back, I think, later in the week, like some of their defensive players. Anyway, uh, the point is UTSA, we're hoping they lose two games and that we win out. If that's the case, folks, la- folks, ladies and gentlemen and people of all ages and whatever, and genders, we would host a championship game. The championship game would be in the little D at Apogee. Um, that, that's how it works. It would be UNT, UTSA, part two in Denton. For the for the conference championship. Oh, also in that case, we would have won the regular season title, so we'd have that. We'd hang that yeah. banner. And it pains me to think that this was our chance, our our last chance in probably a while to be able to host a conference title game. Yeah, I mean that that was the deal. It's like you know, it, it would be if you wanted to play that little game, uh, and you know, look backwards and and do all the analysis. Maybe we do that, but. It, it would be, you know, our first year, 2013, we had a chance to host it uh, and play in it, and we lost to UTSA, and so we, we lost that opportunity. That was later in the season. We blew out Tulsa, and then Rice, for some reason, got in. You know, we beat Rice that season. Rice got in, and they ended up beating Marshall, Marshall team that was better than them. Uh, weird season 2013. Um, so it would be kind of cool to sneak that away. They'd lose last second to UTEP. they kick a field goal. 
their second game loss, and we win. We had already, you know, we beat Rice, and then we host the championship game, and then we win that one, right? That would be a great little into Conference USA. I would love that. Uh, but, but that's it, right? So the more likely scenario is UA UTSA, even if they dropped one because they own the head-to-head -head against us, um, you know, they, they're safe, um, you know, to, to host the title and win the regular season title. Uh, North Texas, as I said, we're 4-1. and one. If we win out, we're in. We play them again. It'll be a part two in the Alamo Dome, a rematch, something that all the guys are saying, um, you know, the uh, uh, Ren Baker was saying that everybody was saying in the locker room, we want a rematch, we can come back here, we want to do it again. So we'd get our chance um, to, to, to play it again. Very much like that FAU season, the 2017 season, speaking of, where you know, we got blown out, 69-31, whatever it was, and we was all right, let's go back, go back to paradise, and then we lost 42-17, to 17, whatever it was. We played better, but not that much better. Um, so, you know, that would also be, uh, you know, symmetrical in cap. There you go. Our games, FIU at UAB. Then we have a bye week, which I think is crucial, right? Because we're 4-1. and one. We played five conference games. That bye week, right, right before we play rest, gives us a little chance to get healthy again. Whereas UTSA, which is already struggling, they just had their bye week, and, you know, they're, they're sort of trying to get back to, to you know, to health. They have UAB, which is a tough game. UAB is a very good run squad. Um, you know, then Louisiana Tech likes to throw the ball a ton. Rice likes to run it. UTEP will junk it up. You know, UTEP's weird. Um, that th it's just a little gauntlet. Week four straight weeks of football where we get two weeks, a little bye week, then we play Rice. I think that might be crucial somehow. I don't know. Maybe just a little bit healthier, a smidge healthier. Maybe we're just a smidge more prepared for Rice because that final rice week is always weird um you know i hate playing a rice turns into a different team yeah every time we play rice it's we fall apart yeah i don't know what it is because we're like it's they're weird they, they have they're like we got 100 percent of our fans and we're like it looks like 12 people there and they're like yeah it's all of them you know their band is like four <laughs> weirdos you know and their little mighty mob uh <laughs> oh, the mob squad yeah mob, and they're mob just weird they're, they're just weird they say things they you know they speak too intelligently for us or something i don't know what um, all right, so th that those are scenarios, right? And after us, it's Western Kentucky. They're three and two. Um, they they basically need us to lose twice, right? Because we own the head to head against them. UTSA owns the head to head against them. Uh, so they need well, they need UTSA to lose three games to to win the title. But they need us to lose twice. If we lose twice, then we'll we'll have three losses. They would only have the two. They of course would need to win out, and then they would be in the title game again. Another rematch for them. FAU, they're in a weird spot. They need both of us to lose twice because, uh, um, you know, they, they lost a head-to-head -to, -head to us. Um, UTSA would need at least two losses, and then there would be like a tiebreaker thing between them, right? They would have to go to tiebreakers, which I didn't really get into. It, it used to be like head-to-head, -head, division opponents. That's obviously not a thing anymore. And then it would be like common opponents, I think. So... I think it does not work out in their favor because the highest-ranked common opponent would be North Texas, and UTSA beat us. FAU lost to us, so I think that would eliminate them. So I think FAU needs UTSA to lose three times. Again, that's very unlikely. So they're staring at us, and they're rooting against us. FIU and Rice, I mean, we play FIU. If they beat us, they would have a head-to-head -head against us, and then if they win out, they can still get into the title game. 
Um, and then same thing for Rice. So they win out. Obviously, that would mean a loss uh, to us. Uh, I mean, against us. Uh, I'm sorry. That means we lose against them. I'm sorry. They would be in. They don't play each other, FIU and Rice. So it's kind of weird that they would, you know, they would have to do some tie-breaking kind of things, also the same kind of way. Uh, common opponents, whatever. Uh, I don't know how they're officially going to do it, but it's usually that. Uh, and then you just go back. Any team with three losses is pretty much out. They're looking at the bowl game. And that means UAB, UTEP, Middle, Louisiana Tech, and Charlotte, which has four losses. So, as you said, to start the show, we're pretty much in a good spot. We could even lose to UAB and have two losses because we have the head-to-head against Western. We have the head-to-head against FAU. And then if we beat FIU in this one, you know, obviously we'd have the head-to-head against them and they'd have three losses, basically eliminate them. right? So we're in a very good spot. We could even lose, you know, two Rice in that scenario. Again, I don't want to get too crazy, where we'd have three losses because Rice would have, um, you know, they would they would still be at, at three losses. It'd probably lead to UTSA. Um, there's a very good chance that we get into the title game is what I'm saying. Right, if we take care of business, we got three games. Okay. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to wrap it all up and come <laughs> down back to because I'm lost. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm also cheating and look at go to mingreenation.com, look at the, the the post, the Road Eagles, North Texas 40, Western Kentucky 13. I put a nice table there with all these scenarios. As I'm just sort of reading off of it right now. Um, the, the point is, take care of business. We're 21 point favorites against FIU. I don't know that we're going to be favored at UAB, but we can still get in even with that one. Like I said, the next two contenders, the next three contenders on our list would all have been beaten by us. So we'd have two losses. We'd be equal with them, but we'd have the head-to-head tiebreaker. So at that point, say, win against FIU, lose against UAB, then we have a bye week. We would just need to clinch by beating Rice, right? So it's, it's possible that we'd need a win to get in, but that win would be against Rice. We win against FIU. We win against UAB. Then we're basically in, and we can just hang it up and just put up. We're gonna put Grant Gunnell out there against Rice or something. Um, you know, it it's a, it's a very good chance. Play like the play that we've been playing. We'll have a very good chance of uh, of being in the title game. Then it's a whole new ball game. It's weird to talk about. I mean, not just all the positive things that I'm that we're talking about North yeah. Texas. It's it's weird to talk about, and I hate sounding so cynical. Um, uh, but it, we've just been in a dark place for so long, um, since fine left that, that it's, it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Things are turning around. I'm feeling, ex- I think it's more of a cautious excitement because I see the, us being 21 point favorites. And I think there's no way <laughs> I would say under, you know, yeah. uh, even if it's 20 points, I would say under, um, but that's just that, that part of me that just doesn't trust what might happen on the field. Yeah, I, I get, I, I mean, we said before the show, right, like uh, b- before the season started, that the Conference USA is not very good, right? You look at the schedule, you look at everything about it. We were never, it's like, we're like, we're not, we may not be that good of a team, but this league is very winnable. We're like, it's basically UAB and UTSA at the top. And then after that, it was like Western Kentucky. And then if we can be in that fourth place, you, we said this on the show, you can go back and listen to it, guys. I said, we can be in that fourth place, it's a good season. Because as flawed as North Texas is, with Ani, kind of big question, and then the run game, we expect that to be good, and then we just expect the defense to be solid. 
I was like, that that equals at least fourth place, right? Like the the big games for Seth Luttrell and, and his coaching staff are splitting maybe, you know, like the the top two, right? UTSA, UAB. Um, and as it's sh- shaken out, it turns out that it was not UAB. They're, they have three losses. They're still good, talented. But Western ends up being at second spot. So we split that. We split against the top two. And then now we're one of the top two. So we've, we might finish second. We might lose in the conference championship game. And I said before, you can go deeper into the archives. Like, I feel like you, you ask the coaches, like, you got to compete like once every four years, right? By compete to me, it's like get in the championship game or be right there at the end. I felt like in 2017, we're a little early. 2018, we did compete, even though we didn't get to the championship game, but we lost by three. Or was it two to Louisiana Tech at home? And then we lost a heartbreaker to UAB. But those are those are basically playoff games, right? We were competitive in those. We gave a good effort. We showed, you know, well, we, we compete. You know, what I said on the other show, the other episode, that uh, we left it all out there, right? Played for the badge, you know, came back on the shield or, or you know, with the shield or on it, that, that whole thing. You gave a, <laughs> made North Texan fans fa- proud. That's it, right? You're like, oh, that was a good. We have a good team. We just we just came up short. Yeah. Um, to add to that, I think, and not just Conference USA, because you talked about how weird Conference USA is and how weak yeah. it can be as well. Uh, going back to the games we played out of conference this season, I think if we played those games again after this Western Kentucky game, yeah. I think we would perform a lot better against yeah. uh, SMU. I think we could have a chance at beating Memphis. Uh, and UNLV, I think we would crush UNLV. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I think you can you can still be upset about the way we played against SMU. I, I wanted North Texas to play so much better against SMU. I, you know, whatever the case, again, I forget what, the, I think they were 13-point favorites, right? Um, yeah, something like that, 2-13. Yeah. Because yeah. we saw, you and I saw the the talent on the field. You and I saw the, the improvements that they were they were working towards, working on. It just wasn't clicking yeah i mean sometimes that happens right like i mean they beat utip utip's not good um they were awful against smu they didn't even play that well against texas southern i don't think and there were some clear problems on the defense uh you know i haven't mentioned the defense so far so i'll mention them now they played so much better they were they were pretty poor against smu southern and then unlv right those th- three games i was like yeah what uh, the against H? smu like they were getting manhandled yeah like that, physically. Yeah. Um, you know, bad tackling, poor form, in the wrong spot, all that stuff. Uh, just getting beat, straight beat in, in coverage. Uh, against UNLV, was it 350 yards rushing? That was just awful. Uh, Memphis, they turned it around. Guys are sticking to their dudes. You know, Gaddy played so much better. Uh, we got an interception. Rich Tejada started stepping up. We're getting sacks against Memphis. I don't think they passed for more than like 200 yards Memphis. Uh, and then, you know, so we, we said after all that, we're like, okay, the big the, the defense has played much better. Right before uh, FAU, this, you know, start of October, I said, look, two games that you should probably split, you know, FAU, Louisiana Tech, we're at that level. And then it's two tough games, UTSA, Western Kentucky. We beat FAU, Louisiana Tech, right? Those teams that we said they were in that middle tier that you, you're probably better than, you got to compete, you got to beat them. They blew them out, 45-28, 47-27, blew them out. Availed themselves super well against a UTSA. And as you said, we're showing up. Past game showing up. 
Arnie's still not perfect. Still leaving meat on the bone. But he's doing a lot better. 325 yards against UTSA. 317 against West Kentucky. You know? Making the right throws. Giving them a chance to win. And that's it. That's all we're asking for. Can you please give a chance to win? And it's amazing because, again, the conference, a lot of this is the conference, right? Conference is not super great. But when your quarterback gives you a chance to win and then the run game is, you know, a thing and the defense is playing well, you can compete. UAB, for all their whatever they have, they were not that good when they left the conference play, um, you know? Yeah, and I, and I don't mean this to be sarcastic, but Do it. be sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm being serious. Like yeah. when when our, your quarterback's not throwing pick sixes, I think it makes <laughs> your life a whole lot easier as a coach. You know. Yeah. Um, but it also is it's on the coach's hands to to give Oni set him up for success and not to to put him in situations that that you know he can't do like maybe this time he can throw the fade to the corner no you, you don't see Ani doing that do you you see him uh you know like we saw him last week throwing it over the the defensive end that's crashing down on him to the running back or or on a boot and he's throwing it to the tight end um he's not the the, the kind of quarterback that's going to be throwing it uh, a fade into the corner and and I think we finally understand that and we're putting him in, in spots to, to be able to convert. And it's been, you know, you, you'll get three yards, he'll get four yards at a time, but we are seeing more and more big plays, I think. And without even looking at the stats for, for the league, I think we're probably one of the, the better le- uh, teams in the league for, for the number of big scrimmage plays. Yeah, we are. And I think I'm, I'm going to sort of disagree with you just a little bit. I think you, you're right. Um, we, I think Ani has always been able to throw the ball deep. Like, even Jason Bean was able to do that. But I think where they both struggled was finding those intermediate things. Where, like, and I think it was huge, and I called it out in the show, against UTSA, third and 15, Ani does a straight flat back pass and finds Rod Burn, uh, Burns along the sideline. Huge. That That's, he's not getting the benefit of an RPO. He's not getting the benefit of, you know, movement or fake, anything like that. It's just a straight drop back pass, find the guy. That's the toughest pass. If you want to go to the NFL, he's talking about that. That's what you got to do. You got to be able to do that. Um, is throw when they know you're going to throw and put it on them when, you know, you can. And when, you know, uh, when your guy's open in tighter windows. And so I think you're right. Like, he's been able to hit some of those. And, and they haven't asked him to make the kinds of throws that he's not really been able to. But they're like, you know what? You can make this kind of throw and that kind of throw. Let's put you in more of these situations friend of the show greg was saying yeah let's we, we said this too right let's do some more short stuff right and they do that here's a little toss to, to roberts here's a little toss to gums let him turn up the field and go run here's a little screen pass to to horton that you get credit for because he runs up the thing that's great you know let's not make him have to do other kind of things like let's keep the one third and 15 per game let's not do like 12 of them right we don't want him throwing 50 passes a game 20 28 I forget his stats. It was like 21 or 28, 317 yards, think, three scores. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's perfect, man. That's that's beautiful footballing. That's by everybody. Good job, everybody. Uh, what do you think the attendance is going to be like at this game? Oh, on Saturday. Um, Full to bursting? I mean, it depends on the weather. Weather the, the weather on Friday night is supposed to be pretty gnarly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm hoping definitely, I'm hoping over 20,000. And and asking for twenty thousand isn't asking for a lot. <laughs> no, it sure isn't. 
Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I saw somebody say, like, oh, you know, North Texas didn't bring anybody to the UTSA game. I think, like we said before, a lot of enthusiasm was killed, right? Um, we've been to bowl games. Like, you, you can see UAB talking about, like, oh, we, you know, the goal is to get our guys to a bowl game. Yes, you want to do that, but are you going to get the fans to the bowl game? You know, I you ask me right now, are you excited about the bowl season? No, I'm not. You can pick any bowl, and I don't know that I'm excited to go there or do it or care about it. What I want to see is a conference championship. You know, that's it's within reach. I want them to do it, uh, and I think that would be more compelling for me to see them beat UTSA in San Antonio than it would be, I don't know, basically anywhere else. Now, I'm not excited about Troy. Or anybody that they can throw <laughs> App State, you know, you can go App State and Myrtle Beach. You want to do that again? Not really. No, I, not, I don't know. I don't You're care. Give me football PTSD. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even the New Orleans Bowl, like, you know, I like New Orleans, but I mean, I'm not, you know, I, ask my wife, like, what do you think? We just, we'll spend some of this money, we'll go down to New Orleans and watch them play, you know, Arkansas State. You excited? No, <laughs> not, not really. But if I'm like, look, we can go down to San Antonio. Watch them play UTSA in a championship game. She's like, "Yeah, yeah." We were already talking about it. We probably do this. You know, she was kind of running the scenarios through her head. That tells me that we got some casual fandom ready to go. I, and again, it, another rough estimate is everybody texting me about it on game days when we when we suck, Aldo. It's like me and you talking the super good Slack, maybe you know. But now, when they're good, uh, I get some text messages. Secret Slack is popping. Uh, there's some DMs. There's a lot of responses to the to the you know Twitter. Uh, man, it's a, uh, group text. People are like, "Hey, did you see that?" Random people asking me stuff. You know, like my uncle. Hey, how about those uh, North Texas State? They're pretty good. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like when we beat UTSA last year, the the very next day I went golfing, and the marshal, who's you know the 80 year old guy who probably calls it North Texas State. You know, I was wearing my my green polo. And he was like, "Oh, I saw they they did really well yesterday." And I was like, "Yeah, they sure did." So <laughs> when they when North Texas is winning in in dramatic fashion like that, I think uh, they can make a splash and and people pay attention. But it's just having to keep the momentum going is the yeah. hard part. You can get a lot of people. An apogee can really be rocking, right? We saw that. We we're there. It was loud. There's a lot of people there. It was a good time. If they have a good time, right? Dallas is very much like like L.A. or something like that, where you have to, you know, there's so much to do that you have to be very compelling for anybody to go out there, right? Because it, it, it's not, you know, it's not the Which middle of know that yeah. you're doing this. Yeah, you have to do it. And it has to be, and once you start establishing something, right, once you have a good season, you can't use that again. Everyone's going to be like, okay, well, you have to do the next thing. So North Texas has not won a conference championship in Conference USA as of yet, right? Um, so... And they haven't run well in the bowl games. They haven't really won in non-conference except against that uh, Arkansas team that was pretty poor for a while there. And we said the non-conference schedule this time, it, one, we didn't impress. So, like, the way to do the way to get people's attention would be to be undefeated or something by the time we got to this point. Uh, but if not that, then you got to beat somebody that people know in non-conference. They didn't schedule anybody that people know in non-conference, so it didn't matter. Uh, so the answer is, like, well, you have to make some noise now end of season, regular season, go to conference championship game. Then people are like, hey, you know, North Texas is playing a conference championship game. Are you going to go? And then they, then they start catching on. Then you have a whole resume. You know, Arnie has 25 touchdowns or whatever the case may be. 
It's 23. Yeah, and, and that's what, what we put ourselves in this hole where we, we're, we've got to get this momentum going for the following season. Mm-hmm. If we would have handled business against SMU, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Memphis and UNLV, or at least been competitive and fun to watch, mm-hmm. then then this this talk would have been a lot bigger. And we yeah. were talking about big bowl games, mm-hmm. but now we're talking about next season. Yeah, I mean, and that's what we said after the SMU game, right? The reason you beat them there is because it gets people talking for the next game, right? If you don't beat SMU, and this is what we're saying about Seth the Trail, like whether or not it was wise or is wise to to let him go or make a change, well, that depends, right? Like. Is the is the program moving forward? Because it's harder to sell season tickets if nobody's excited about it, right? North Texas wins a conference championship. It's a lot easier to sell tickets, right? Come see defending conference USA champion North Texas in the AAC next year, right? Where they, you know, go do that. You're like, okay. There's going to be a little bump anyway, but it's even a bigger bump if it's defending conference USA champs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's how they're talking about UTSA right now, right? That's they have They have the juice. So... I mean, I don't know. That, it's a, it's pretty simple. I don't like the attitude that, like, well, I don't like playing hard games or, oh, I don't know. You want to compete? This is com- competition, right? You want to play good teams. You want to have tough games. The schedule says go to UTSA, beat them there. It says go to UAB, beat them there. Um, yeah, if you want easy games, nobody cares. You're like, well, you beat easy teams, right? You want respect? You got to go beat good teams. Lost a good quality game. I'm proud of the way they played against UTSA. Uh, take care of business. We're at that point. Now it's take care of business time. Take care of business against FIU. Handle your business. Put on a show. It's entertainment. Beat up on FIU. Let's see if we can beat Western Kentucky's score. They put 73 and held them to zero. Let's put 80 on them. You know what I mean? Like, can you do it? Do it. That's that's challenging your guys to not let them score. That's challenging your offense to execute. And you bring the backups out there. Come here, freshman running back. You want to play. You want to earn time. You want to bump. Ragsdale out the out the depth chart, then you hit the hole where you're supposed to. You make the reads you're supposed to. You uh you make that guy miss that safety miss right there, and you take it to the house right, and you take care of the football. That's how you earn playing time, and that's also how you get eighty points. Um, yeah, and I think we're rallying at the right time. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. we've got a, a good streak going. Uh, did well against UTSA, and I think UTSA is is struggling a little bit. The beat up, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're getting beat up, and they're not able to to have that dominating win like you saw against uh, Middle Tennessee. UTSA did not dominate Middle Tennessee; they struggled to beat them. Texas Southern they got up slow against Texas Southern. Mm-hmm. Um, Western Kentucky was a close game for them. Uh, they they started slow against Florida Atlantic as well, uh, even though they ended up beating them. So, um, and and North Texas was able to hold them to a very close game throughout the whole game. So. UAB might be able to take advantage of all of those struggles and beat them, uh, and would which would be good news for us. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to go back and look at it, but um, we had, you know, we're I think what I posted it somewhere. We're we're margin of victory is something like seventeen points or something like that, right? Uh, by average, I put it somewhere. Maybe I put it in the Slack. Yeah. Uh, but we won like like twenty, twenty, fifteen, something like that. Uh, yeah, it's like 17 points. 28, 17, 20. We lost by four, won by 27, right? Um, I, I figured this out when I was comparing this team to the 2017 team, the one that was squeaking out wins. Uh, our average margin of victory, including our average margin, scoring margin, uh, including the losses, was two. But if you drop the FAU games in that one, it was only 11, right? So it's a it's not a great 
metric. But what I'm trying to get at is that this team is beating teams pretty. We're scoring 35 a game and only holding the opponent to 22 in conference play. So by that by that measure, we're doing pretty well. FIU is not a good team, right? FAU, Louisiana Tech, we're better teams than FIU. So if we blew them out by 20, we should win this game by 40. And I think that's the standard you can kind of hold them to, right? Like if you play the way you can play, and what does that mean? That means play, execute, do the things you're supposed to do, run the right way, don't cheat, don't hold, don't try to blow anybody up just because they're not that good. Execute, tackle them, you know, bring them down to the ground. They'll fumble the ball. You don't have to, you know, karate kick them in the middle of the thing, right? <laughs> do that. And then, then, then you can worry about UAB when UAB time. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. Like, I think we can beat Rice. We should beat Rice. We should beat FIU. UAB, I don't know. They might have given up, but we don't know. Um, but then again, they, they, they played at FAU, um, and they came down to the wire, and they lost on a fourth, th- fourth and ten play, and they had to throw like a 20-yard pass, and it was incomplete by, by inches. So they almost pulled it out. I don't know. What does all that mean? It means that Conference USA has a lot of parity, and North Texas, by playing a lot better than they did against Memphis and UNLV, is one of the best teams in the conference. And you can say that with confidence. There's a lot of numbers that tell you that. So, go Mean Green. Go Mean Green. And you know what? Yeah, one last, one last thing. Would you want a shirt before or after if we got in the conference title game? Like, say you want a shirt to wear to the game? Or would you want to wear like a shirt after the game? Like if we win, hold out. You know, how would that work? I guess it depends on what the shirt says. I don't want to wear I don't want to wear a shirt to the conference title <laughs> game that says conference <laughs> USA champions. Well, I mean that's the day. I was just thinking about this, right? Like, cause I know some people are like, I gotta get like the 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 um DeAndre Torre one that we were selling, right? The, after that one, that's the shirt mm-hmm. we bought. So we can wear it for like basically this week. And I was wearing it around. Well, I was thinking if we got if we got into the title game, and I'm only saying this because it's like I said, it's it's likely if we take care of business. Um, would you want a shirt going into that game? This is like I don't know, I don't know what it would say. A rematch? Would you, like what kind of theme would you want? I don't know. <laughs> Beat this team. I don't. Know, I was thinking about that, and I was like, well, I, I got to like make it, design it up, and figure out what's going on. Maybe I'd do a poll or something. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're done with the show. I appreciate everybody listening and everybody's enthusiasm uh, for the show and stuff. If you subscribe to MingreenNation.com, you don't necessarily get a lot of stuff for it. But when we do things like sell a shirt or uh, we did a season preview, we did an ebook, it was a big ebook, sold it for like 10 bucks. But anybody that subscribed, they got it free. Uh, the shirt, you got like 50% off. You get stuff like that when we can do it. But the primary function of that thing is to like basically subsidize the site. As North Texas wins, people care about MingreenNation.com, and then it's more expensive for me. Now, it's not a big deal, but it's kind of deal. It's not. I'm not gonna do this full time. Like, there's not enough MingreenNation supporters, you know, <laughs> that I'm gonna. <laughs> sorry, boss, I'm gonna quit. You know what I mean? So like, that's really the thing of it. But when it comes time to do things like, uh, you know traveling to games or covering like a, t- a title game. Like I was doing CUSAReport.com. It was kind of the same thing. But, you know, that basically the subscriptions there would like fund a trip, most of the trip or, or there may be a meal sometimes to like the the media days where we interview coaches and stuff like that. Um, you know, it makes it worth that while. It makes it easier to do it, to justify it. When I'm looking at my wife, she's like, 
why are you traveling over here to talk to who? And nobody cares. Nobody cares about that, buddy. You know, so like it's easier if I'm like, well, it's sorted. I'm not really paying for it. The people are paying for it, right? Send me there. They're getting the quotes they want here. Um, so that kind of stuff. So consider a subscription. Uh, it's pretty cheap. Um, and I think it's priced re- reasonably well. It helps, you know, pay for hosting. You said occasionally for that other stuff. And, you know, you get some some discounts. That's it. That's the advertisement for the day. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for listening to Mean Green Nation podcast. Go Mean Green. Go Mean Green.